Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. Welcome to the 52nd episode of an antitrust epic, epic Fortnite versus Apple. Wait, no, no, I'm hearing now that this is not actually about Apple or their lawsuit, which we're still waiting on a judgment for, by the way. It's instead about Epic and another huge company, or maybe not so huge, that makes a little game called Among Us. That's right. What we've got here today is a story that some think is a little sus about the nature of a new Fortnite mode called Imposters, which notably has the tagline, Trust Nobody, which seems fitting for this discussion. Now, if you aren't familiar with Among Us, then you probably missed big swaths of video game journalism in the last year or so. But suffice it to say, Inner Sloth, the developers of Among Us, describe it as follows. Play online or over local Wi-Fi with four to 15 players as you attempt to hold your spaceship together and return back to civilization. But beware, as there may be an alien imposter aboard. One crewmate has been replaced by a parasitic shapeshifter. Their goal is to eliminate the rest of the crew before the ship reaches home. And this game is made by, as I said, a very small team of people that have made what was an indie darling type game that grew to prominence during the course of the pandemic in 2020. And then yesterday, Epic Games, one of the biggest publishers of video games in the world, announced a little mode coming to their Fortnite product. Trust nobody, introducing Fortnite imposters. And lo, the world of games journalism and at Innersloth and their Twitter threads grew to mass proportions to talk about this slight change in the Fortnite model. Now, they're still going to be doing their Battle Royale thing. They're still going to be selling skins, but they're going to have this mode called Imposters. And, well, people got a little bit upset. Here at VGC, you see the headline titled, Among Us Developers Accuse Fortnite of Plagiarism. Now, it should be noted that although that's the headline here in VGC, I didn't actually find any instances where they used the word plagiarism, so there might be a little bit of editorial discretion happening here. And then you see the sub-headline, the new imposter mode strongly resembles the popular indie game. Now, in order to understand that sub-headline, it's also important to understand that they don't mean it literally. If we take a look at imposter's mode, we see that it's fully three-dimensional, it's Fortnite-looking, and if we look at Among Us, It is not. It's an indie game, right? And a lot of people really love Fortnite, but it looks like this. Fortnite looks like this. Among Us looks like this. And so when we're saying they look the same, we're not talking about how they actually look. We're not accusing Epic of stealing assets, of taking specific components of Among Us and incorporating them into Fortnite. No, people are talking about something a little bit different. Let's talk about the Fortnite blog post to get at what they are talking about. Fortnite Imposters is a mode for a maximum of 10 players, eight agents maintaining the bridge, and two imposters out to overtake it. Let's take a look at how these roles play out. The facilities powering the bridge are a well-oiled machine, and it's up to agents of the imagined order to keep it that way. Complete assignments like calibrating chests and llamas, repairing the battle bus, and delivering storm reports for analysis. Now, I didn't read it in the summary at Among Us because they didn't include it there, but that's what you're doing in Among Us. You are tasked with certain little assignments to keep you busy and to give the imposters something that they have to look like they are doing so that you can hopefully suss out that there are imposters on your ship and correctly airlock them when a problem is discovered. The imposter's goal, however, is simple. Eliminate enough agents to take control of the bridge, 
which is in fact exactly what we saw in Among Us and described in their summary. So this is an Among Us mode. There's no question about it. Fortnite Imposters is a mode that is bare minimum if you're giving generously to Epic inspired by Among Us. If you are more inclined to think of them as thieves in the night, uh, then you might think that they're plagiarizing or stealing from Among Us and Inner Sloth. And that's really what this fight has been about and what I want to talk to you all about in this video. So we've got here Victoria Tran on Twitter. Says it would have been really, really cool to collaborate. Haha, <laughs> just sad indie hours right now. Like game mechanics are fine. Those shouldn't be gatekept. But at the very least, even different themes or terminology make things more interesting. And I think in terms of terminology, she's referring to the word imposters. Uh, but if we actually go and we look at the screenshots here and we look at people playing this mode in Fortnite, it is undoubtedly different looking. It uses different assets. It uses different concepts. Uh, it is a similar idea mechanically as a game. Uh, but again, that isn't anything that's likely to be a problem. We're going to be talking about that from a legal perspective as part of this video. But even from an ethical and emotional perspective, having something that looks a lot like what you made is undoubtedly uncomfortable, especially when it's one of the biggest companies in the world. And it's no doubt that they would have preferred to collaborate and made some money on what is effectively an Among Us mode. But does it rise to the level of complaint? Like here we see from Adriel Wallach putting forth a comic that says, essentially, they've taken what we made and claimed it to be theirs. And it's all understandable in a certain respect. Hey, it's not great if you're inner sloth to see one of the biggest companies in the world decide to get into your genre mechanically and with their platform and popularity, essentially eat into your profitability and your marketplace. I understand that from a business perspective. Competition is a good thing for the consumer. It's not a good thing for the competitors. That's why we have anti-monopoly rules and all those things that we've discussed in Apple versus Epic, et cetera, et cetera, which is that companies would prefer not to compete if they could avoid it, and so would Inner Sloth. But compete they will, and it's come out as a little bit stronger than just disappointment. Here we see a PC Gamer article entitled Among Us Dev wishes they could have worked with Epic on Fortnite's imposters mode, and that's talking about that collaboration. And we see journalists kind of reflecting on that as well. Before we get to that, however, we see Gary Porter, a programmer at Among Us, putting forth a number of questioning emojis that looks at the map of these two games and says that they look too much alike, essentially. Uh, if you look at these maps as uh, an outside party, as I am, I don't really play Fortnite very much and I don't play Among Us very much either. You look at those maps and I got to be honest with you, I don't see a lot of similarities. Yes, you're going to have flow similarities, which is what's going to be pointed out here. But there are wild differences between this map and this map. And certainly you couldn't say that Epic and Fortnite has stolen this map in any reasonable respect. Maps are always going to look somewhat similar from an overhead perspective, especially ones that are comprised of rooms and hallways. But while there might be similarities in flow, and we'll see that below, they aren't rising to the level of a problem from my perspective. Gary says, I haven't been tweeting much recently, but I've been working so hard on upcoming content for Among Us, so it feels weird to be compelled to tweet again because of stuff like this. It's okay, though. They flipped electrical and medbay and connected security to the cafeteria. I wasn't even around for the development of Skilled, the map, and I'm still kind of offended. Anyway, that's my piece on the whole thing. Going to get back to adding butts to Among Us or whatever. 
Stephen Parker then joins us. Some people can't seem like they can't see the similarity. So here it is. It's not obvious. The room might have different points, but you can't look at this and think it's totally different. And then he puts together this flow chart, essentially, of essentially a room with three exits and some entrances. And he skips some of the parts that are different, like this room here and this room here and this part here. And there's ups where there's downs and downs where there's ups. And this is what it looks like to make a new map. And yes, some of the things that Among Us might have solved are flow concepts about how this game is going to work best and sight lines and things along those lines. However, it's also important to note when you're looking at a map like this that these are different games both in concept and in perspective, right? I didn't just put up these two photos because I wanted to point out that they don't look anything alike in terms of assets. They have different concepts. You are looking in a three-dimensional space down specific hallway sight lines when in a two-dimensional space, that's a different game. That's going to actually feel different in the way that it plays, even if you took the entire map and presented it identically. So one of the complaints that's happening here is that they did just do that. I don't really agree, but reasonable minds can differ and can look at this flow and say, well, they took too much, Rick. And I don't mind that. I don't really see it, but I don't mind having someone fight me on that particular point. But it's important to note that it's a different game entirely when you put it in three dimensions and you actually are playing it from a different perspective. Now, here, with respect to this map tweet, as I promised, there are journalists, and there's more than this, that are talking about this extensively over the past 24 hours. Tom Warren, disappointing to see Epic Games lift everything from Among Us for a new imposters mode in Fortnite and not even collaborate with them or give the devs a heads up. I guess you've got to be a famous rapper, pop star, or multinational brand for that. And that's sarcastic, but probably pretty accurate. When you're running Epic, when you're running Fortnite, one of the questions you have to ask is, what is my brand going to gain from a collaboration with another party? And the open question here would be, what would they have to gain from working with Inner Sloth and Among Us? They don't think that they are analogs to each other. They certainly think that Inner Sloth has discovered a marketplace for this kind of game. And indeed, I think they have. But what would they have gained? That's a different answer for talking about rappers and pop stars or multinational brands. You bring Thanos in, it's understandable what Fortnite's going to gain. If you bring Among Us in now, in the middle to late 2021 era, is your product at Fortnite going to gain anything significant? And I think the answer to that might well be no, which is annoying and upsetting to Inner Sloth. I don't blame them for that. And yet, I look at what Epic has done here, and I'm not quite at the same level of concern as some of these folks. Here's Alana Pierce. This is a side-by-side -side of Fortnite's new Imposters game mode map in the original Among Us map. Social deduction games aren't new. We'll come back to that. But especially seeing the map similarities, it's just a huge bummer that Epic didn't reach out to properly collaborate with the Inner Sloth devs. And, and I get that. I totally do. I get it being a bummer, especially from the Inner Sloth side of the equation. But in general, as a people in the United States, and I can't speak for everyone around the globe on this, we want things, especially in video games, to be evolutions of each other. We go from Dota to Dota 2 to League of Legends with the concept being that your development, your development house is going to improve things, is going to change things, is going to make tweaks, is going to evolve the formula to a place where more and more people are enjoying it. And if Fortnite does that, 
then more people are satisfied, more people are made happy by the existence of this video game. And it's hard for me as a consumer on this side of the equation to get altogether too upset about it. Now, if they don't do that, you don't like Fortnite, you think the presentation is terrible, you think it doesn't have the charm of Among Us, then it's really no harm, no foul, because Among Us didn't stop existing when Fortnite came into being. So when we talk about these things, maps especially are known for solving flow problems. Here we've got a standard three-lane fight between League of Legends and Dota 2, I believe it is. And those flow problems, once solved, are not something that should be copyrighted or patentable or held in a drawer somewhere because we want to evolve the actual process of playing a game. The other problem, of course, is that when you go and you look at these kinds of things, you get the question that I'm here to talk about more succinctly today, which is, is it illegal? You go into these threads and you get comments like, you guys should seriously sue them, like Fortnite steals from shit literally all the time. But this is literally just them ripping you guys off wholesale. And I get a lot of these DMs. I got a bunch of messages saying, wow, is this plagiarism? Can they sue? And the answer is anybody can sue anybody for whatever they want, but are they going to succeed? I don't think so. And in order to understand that, we got to talk about copyright. What does copyright protect? Your copyright, which you get when you make a piece of software automatically, even without registering it, it doesn't protect ideas, concepts, systems, or methods of doing something. You may express your ideas in writings or drawings and claim copyright in your description, but be aware that copyright will not protect the idea itself as revealed in your written or artistic work. And this is from the Copyright Office fact, but if you think they're going too far, it's actually in the law specifically itself. In no case does copyright protection for an original work of authorship extend to any idea, procedure, process, system, method of operation, concept, principle, or discovery, regardless of the form in which it is described, explained, illustrated, or embodied in such work. And in fact, the Copyright Office has talked specifically about video games on this point in the past. Copyright does not protect the idea for a game, its name or title, or the method of or methods for playing it. Nor does copyright protect any idea, system, method, device, or trademark material involved in developing, merchandising, or playing a game. Once a game has been made public, nothing in the copyright law prevents others from developing another game based on similar principles. Copyright protects only the particular manner of an author's expression in literary, artistic, or musical form. Now, it's worth noting here from this quote, I pulled it from an ABA blog post that's actually advocating for even harsher restrictions on what judges and justices can do with respect to the Copyright Act and video games, that the circular referenced here which is FL-108, is actually broken as a link in the Copyright Office. So it's possible they pulled it down. It's possible they changed it. They're still referencing it as an active circular, but I can't verify this actual language, even though it matches up with my understanding of the Copyright Act. So take that for what it is. However, when we're talking about Inner Sloth and Among Us, it's also worth noting another aspect of copyright law that we've covered in virtual legality here in the past. As you can see from this thumbnail on your screen, I asked the question, is streaming Among Us illegal? And the reason I asked that question is because Among Us is one of the games that is most notable for a massive amount of growth, not from their release, which we can see wasn't that amazing in 2018 and 2019, but because it grew so substantially with what most people peg as streaming happening during the pandemic on Twitch and YouTube and elsewhere. And I asked the question of whether or not it was illegal primarily because they use the itch.io terms of service. They use the Steam terms of service as kind of standards. And that's normal for an indie developer. You don't want to go and 
make an entire terms of service document out of whole cloth if you can avoid it. And those documents don't really give a license to broadcast on Twitch or on YouTube or on Facebook or anywhere else. So one of the things that happened here is that Innersloth has basically been allowing copyright infringement through their largesse because they didn't actually license the right to stream their game to these folks that are making the game popular for them. And like every other company that does it on largesse, they retain the right to wield a hammer against folks that they determine are hurting their bottom line, which is perfectly great for Innersloth, not so great for the community and content creators that are helping make their game popular. So when we're talking about copyright infringement and the complaints that they have about things being stolen and copyright in general, I don't love it when companies that use largesse and wield that hammer as they see fit start to complain about others doing similarly naughty things, at least in their eyes. Now, you can sue over these kinds of things. As I mentioned, in fact, Fortnite was sued for copying rival game PUBG is reported on here by the BBC just three years ago. You can sue for these things. You can try. First of all, it will be very expensive. Second of all, it's very unlikely for you to succeed for everything that we just read. And as it's no surprise here, shortly after that was filed in June of 2018, we get news articles from Tom Warren, who we saw referenced in this video, that PUBG has dropped Fortnite copyright lawsuit. Now, he also describes it as the battle ending in a draw. I got to tell you this, if you sue somebody and you drop your lawsuit, that's not a draw, that's a loss. But that's how it was reported on by Tom Warren at The Verge. And so we see exactly how a copyright lawsuit would be likely to play out in this circumstance. Now, to Innersloth's credit, you don't actually see that comment coming from them. As I said, you don't really see the word plagiarized. You don't really see lawsuits. You see comics. You see disappointment. You see overall a kind of complaining atmosphere coming from the tweets of the people working at Innersloth. And I don't deny them the right to feel like this was a bad day in their history. It undoubtedly is. It's a big gorilla in the room that's now going to be competing directly in their genre. But they probably don't have a court case. They probably don't have something that they can show is a copyright infringement, which leads us to the last topic that I want to talk about with you all today. And that's one of the co-founders of Innersloth saying the following. We didn't patent the Among Us mechanics. I don't think that leads to a healthy game industry. Is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it, though? And regardless of how you feel about Fortnite being from a different perspective, having a few different buttons and concepts, having completely different art, that may or may not rise to the level of 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it to you. But one of the things that comes up in this particular statement is this notion that they could have. We didn't patent the Among Us mechanics. Certainly we could have. We could have patented Among Us mechanics in any time and prevented Epic or anyone else from stealing them. And that's an implication that is just inaccurate. So we didn't patent the Among Us mechanics is an interesting statement because of a number of reasons. Now, if you've been in virtual legality for a while, if you just followed me around, you know that we've talked about patents pretty recently. Here in an article at VGC, I did on the Warner's Nemesis patent, I talked about the patent process and how much difficulty there is in patenting video game mechanics. In fact, I mentioned WB Games pursued the patent over the Nemesis system for the better part of a half decade continuing to get its request denied by the USPTO over and over again. Why? Well, you can see for yourself, and there's a link to the actual filing, but suffice it to say the USPTO had many of the same problems that gamers have had with the news. 
Is Nemesis really a new invention? Isn't the use of procedural generation for Nemesis pretty obvious based on what has come before? Don't other games basically do all or parts of Nemesis already? One examiner even went into a multi-paragraph comparison between the Nemesis system and PC gaming stalwart Crusader Kings, explaining how the claims WB Games made about the Nemesis system had already been implemented in other corners of gaming. And I have to admit, I had never seen a Crusader Kings gameplay synopsis in a USPTO filing before. Why is that question so important? Why does this article that I wrote that got some fairly negative attention on the internet end by saying that the USPTO probably doesn't understand what it's even talking about with respect to these claims that WB Games has made? It's because the patent process has certain very, very important restrictions. One, it can't be already out. In order for an invention to be patentable, it must be new as defined in the patent law, which provides that an invention cannot be patented if one, the claimed invention was patented, described in a printed publication or in public use, on sale or otherwise available to the public before the effective filing date of the claimed invention. Meaning you can't go and patent something that you've already told the world about. Now there's a short exemption there for one year. An exception may apply to a disclosure made one year or less before the effective filing date of the claimed invention. If the disclosure was made by the inventor or joint inventor or by another who obtained the subject matter disclosed. If it's actually you, then you get a year extra to potentially file for this. The problem that Among Us has is that they didn't have meteoric success right from the start. There's no reason to even try to file a patent in the first year that Among Us is made public. And YouTube videos and any other marketing materials that would have been made available by Intersloth before actual release would have run this timer as well. They don't get really popular until middle to late 2020. So you've got a problem in suggesting that you would have even deigned to patent these mechanics in the first little while that Among Us was out. It would have just been burning money in a hole. The second problem that you have is that novelty question that I raised in the VGC article. Even, the USPTO continues, if the subject matter sought to be patented is not exactly shown by the prior art and involves one or more differences over the most nearly similar thing already known, a patent may still be refused if the differences would be obvious. The subject matter sought to be patented must be sufficiently different from what has been used or described before that it may be said to be non-obvious to a person having ordinary skill in the area or technology related to the invention. Said another way, is the concept of Among Us obvious and just bringing it into a digital landscape and video game the thing that Inner Sloth really sussed out in order to build the market that they built? The answer to that, I think, is pretty clearly yes, right? Mafia begets Werewolf, begets Resistance, begets Avalon, begets all sorts of social deduction games that were then rightly brought to the digital space by Inner Sloth, and they figured out that there was a market for these kinds of things. But if the USPTO is looking at it, if you've got a USPTO office that is doing things like comparing the Nemesis system to Crusader Kings, you're going to get denied on this claim, and the only people that are going to get protection or make money are the lawyers that are trying to get this for you for, as WB Games did, the course of a half of a decade and spending oodles of money on lawyers trying to protect this particular patented system, which I don't even think, and this is going to be up to other litigations that I won't be a part of, that it will survive a challenge, right? I get to the last paragraph of this article. I say it certainly raises questions for the evolution of the gaming industry, but in the end, the real nemesis might just be a USPTO out of its depth and all too capable of being cowed by a well-resourced enterprise. I don't think this patent probably should have issued 
But if you're looking at things and you are a five or six or 10 person independent studio deciding whether or not you're going to try to patent these mechanics, the answer is almost always and everywhere no. Because one, you're probably not going to get them patented. And two, it probably isn't going to protect you in any real way because even small tweaks to what a video game is doing are going to survive a patent challenge. So we didn't patent it because we think it leads to an unhealthy game industry is essentially trying to steal the base now that they have this issue with Epic Games and their imposters mode. And there's nothing wrong with presenting rhetorical devices. There's nothing wrong with Inner Sloth being upset about this. I get that. But as I said, competition is generally a good thing, even if you don't like Epic. And people have accused me of hating Epic. I did 50 episodes on how I think Epic has a bad legal theory in Apple versus Epic. But in terms of what they've done with this mode, there's effectively nothing wrong under the law. Whether there's something wrong emotionally or ethically is going to vary depending on your thoughts and whether or not you have an interest in Among Us and Inner Sloth specifically. But overall, in a world in which this game was released, didn't do so terribly well until streamers got a hold of it, even though streamers didn't have the license to do the broadcast that made this game so popular, I'm a little bit less sympathetic than most on these particular topics. And finally, with respect to Puffballs United talking about this, you see writ large exactly what happened here. Worst part is we've been actively trying to collaborate with them. So what you've got is a disgruntled company that was trying to get Epic's attention, an Epic that has been making modes that definitely was inspired and took ideas from PUBG that bought a Fall Guys property and company when it was getting popular in a similar vein to Fortnite and Among Us that was so, so popular last year is significantly less popular now, trying to get that company's attention and was effectively rebuffed. And the company itself and the people that work at that company are upset by that chain of events. I don't really blame them. But I also don't really fully agree with their position. So that's been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of video games, please consider supporting the channel at Patreon or other support methods that we have in the description of the video. Or just subscribing and telling your friends that we're having conversations about things like Among Us and Fortnite. If you disagree with me, if you think that this is much worse than I have put on in this video, leave a comment. I would love to hear from you because I do think there are reasons to feel bad for Inner Sloth and Among Us. And there are reasons to feel like Epic's just this big giant gaming company that's stealing ideas and making the money that should be made by the people that had those ideas in the first place. But also, I think that you might be underestimating the evolutionary concepts in video games and how we've all benefited by all those many evolutions across decades of video game making. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.